Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind the steelcurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers preview. It's three of us. The triumphant trio returns, or I guess we've been back. I mean, I've been here the whole time. But anyways, Dave Schofield's here. What's up, Dave? How's it going? It's going all right, Jeff. Can, can I get you to do a little activity with me real quick? Uh, sure. Okay. What is the fourth vowel in the, in the alphabet? The hint is it comes right after the letter N. What's that? O? Yes. What is a three-letter word that's short for firearm? A three-letter word that's short for firearm? Another word for a fire. Okay, very good. Okay. Who was number 23 for the Steelers last season? Joe Hayden. Okay, what's the first name only? Joe. Okay. What is an an insect that stings with a varieties of honey (laughs) and bumble? (laughs) Oh, Gunjabi. No. Oh, gun. Is it Ogunjabi? Oh, gun Joe B. Oh, gun Joe B. Oh, if you were sound like a goon saying oh, yeah. goon Joe B. That's what people have been it. telling me. No, it's Ogun Joe. Look up an interview with I'm, him. It's I don't Ogun care, Ogun Dave. Listen, there's a reason why on Let's Ride. There's a reason why on Let's Ride I just call him Larry. I know. Because people listen to my show and I say, I'm like, you know, Larry's, Larry's contract. Larry's contract. Yeah. If everyone hears Larry. It's, it's Larry O. One. Larry O. That's fine. No, but there's Gunner O. Gunner O. And then there's Larry. It's just yep. Larry. O. Gun. Joe. Joe B. B. You know what? I blame As podcast- everyone. As As podcast a C, like there's a hard consonant in there yeah <laughs> i'm i'm working on getting larry ogan joby and gunner olszewski together for the obro show <laughs> <laughs> that's only for people like myself who can't pronounce their name that's probably. a good thank one. you dave uh brian go ahead welcome to the show how's it going I can't believe this year is half over. If you listen oh. to the Stat Geek this morning, Dave mentioned the date 723 times that that uh, it is no, June. Oh, it was 722. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I, I embellish a lot. Okay. But not, so, you know, I can't believe this year is half over. I can't believe we're looking at 26 days until these guys report to camp. It's hard to believe. So I, believe. I'm pumped and. If you listen to the second half of the Scobro show, you will, if you listen, I thought that was fascinating. Thanks for putting that out, Dave, talking about a little behind the scenes at BTSC, breaking down that fourth wall about how we do, how our numbers count. And I want to stat geek, excuse me. And I want to congratulate all of the, uh, everybody out there for keeping us going. Thank you so much because uh, we last two June's ago, when I first started, it was my first month at BTSC. We were, we had nothing. We were June's ago. Why are you talking about first months at BTSC? You've been on board since 2015. As the podcast producer, we had seventy thousand downloads. (laughs) Yeah, doubled it last year. We just Dave just informed we just we just doubled June again. Yep, and it's all because of you. So we can't do this stuff without you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. But I'm going to say something. I want to thank every single podcaster on the yeah. network. Our because teams. it's not easy going through June and July, which is still upcoming, trying to think of somehow these topics that we know that sometimes it's a stretch. But you got to do what you got to do. And we're, mm-hmm. we're loyal. Not every website continues to turn out content like we do. We understand that there is a large contingent of diehard fans that honestly just they want to take in anything Steelers and you all are the best we already said thank you for that but thank you to all the podcasters for all the hard work they definitely deserve some a pat on the back for sure 
So, all right, let's 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 talk about some news first. This is probably the most important news. Which, by the way, the dog days of summer. I, I said this on my Let's Ride podcast on Friday for Friday. The Steelers has been a pretty busy offseason when you think about it. There hasn't yeah. been a lot of weeks where there hasn't been news, whether Larry signs his contract, whether Minka gets his extension. I mean, there's been some news. So, uh, but the biggest news of all was Kenny Pickett jersey sales are through the roof. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> KP8 is as popular as they come. I never would have guessed, seriously, in all seriousness now, I never would have guessed his jersey sales would be fourth overall in the NFL. Now, if you don't know what the, who, who was better than him, Russell Wilson was number one. Good new team. Josh Allen, number two, Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia is strong, and they have high expectations this year. Devontae Adams, new team, and then Kenny Pickett, four. He was above mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Kenny Pickett, fourth jersey sales, highest jersey sales as of right now in the NFL. Go ahead, Brian. And a rookie, the and highest rookie. rookie. Well, but what's crazy is there's only there was only two players that weren't quarterbacks that made the list. Devontae Adams obviously won, and Cooper Cup was, I think, six or seven on the list, something of that nature. Oh, he's big right now. But those are the only two non-quarterbacks to make the top 10. And Kenny Pickett hasn't played a snap yet, and he's number four. So people that want to say uh, Steeler Nation doesn't like Kenny Pickett, some some people like him because they're buying his jersey. But Dave, would you buy a KP8? I don't know that. I mean, I have a Roethlisberger jersey. A guy at this size, this big, single digits do not do well for me. And then if, if you imagine with the eight, the round, anyway. Yeah, get, you just got to go throw would, back or color would, rush. Yeah, I would have to because I don't think the roundness of it would work for me either. I don't know if I can pull off a single digit anymore. I'm just too wide. But for the player, if I'm – honestly – he would be second on my list of a player that I don't have because I do not have a TJ Watt jersey. I had one from Brian, but coming from China, it was three sizes too small. Got, um, guys, real, real quick, <laughs> real quick, guys. Seriously, I got to yeah. take this. What? 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 The the boats in from China? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, you got those pickets for me. All right. Yeah. I'll be right there. <laughs> so I'm sure Brian, you probably ordered your KPA. Am I right? I haven't ordered yet. No, um, oh. I'm not only am I getting a KP eight, I'm getting me a Pickens and I'm wait. I'm waiting. I am waiting. Now you can, I can't <laughs> you imagine Jeff, you're swell dude, you know, your face in that. And then you put my face in it. Like, <laughs> I mean, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see this giant head. I, I, I have to send my mom flowers every year on my birthday because I feel so bad what I must've put her through. No, my head That's is huge. Lot. No, I wear a size eight hat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So, so okay. I feel you there, Brian. I got. I, I know what. All you right. Mean. So let me ask you this question because we're on the topic of jerseys. It's it's always a, something that people like to talk about. Dave, you said T.J. Watt. If there's another jersey that you would want, a player that you were looking for, who would it be? Well, Watt. I said yes. Um, I would like. I said the biggest thing with Pickett is that single digit. I don't think that would work for me. Um, it would be Minka. It, yeah. No offensive player. Um, I mean. I don't know because I don't know. Both Najee and Muth would both be good jerseys. Now you're making it tough. I'm just asking because so, uh, you went all defense. Yeah. I didn't know if that yeah. was a thing. <clears throat> Some people only do defense. Some people only do offense. 
Gotcha. I mean, here, I could, I, if I was Brian and I jumped the gun on jerseys, I know one that I would probably be looking to get. Um, and that would be, um, this is going to surprise you. I would say an, a number 78. But who's 78 now? James Daniels. James Daniels. Oh, James, James Daniels. Daniels. Cause I think, I think he's going to be the 76. star of that line. He's, which was my high school number. So yeah. There you go. Real quick before I throw this over to Brian, <clears throat> Reginald Rivers, who's a yeah. longtime viewer. And he said, my birthday's tomorrow, guys. I'll be 57. Happy birthday. Also be celebrating 50 years as a Steelers fan. And that's the year Franco made that immaculate reception. Happy birthday, yeah. Reginald. Love it. <clears throat> that's yep. awesome. So it's a big week for things like that. So birthdays and other things other things for sure today yes today is my 15 year anniversary with my wife she is the saint for putting up with me for mm-hmm. 15 years i'll be bothering her for another 15 yep. plus hopefully and that's just like on tuesday it was my 19th yeah so i was gonna that's say, that's that's gonna say that's that's a brian. yeah so there you go um but let's get back to the jersey talk brian you have every jersey, I feel like. I mean, you still wear your Mike Mitchell around, I think. But so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not much upsets me. You throw in Mike Mitchell, and I just immediately went. Go back to the kicker around the, the world video. Around the world. That joke. <laughs> it was a Joe Hayden jersey. <laughs> we said Mike uh, Mitchell in the BJ Finney pants down there to retrieve the footballs. But, Brian, who are you getting? You said you're getting pickings. You said you're getting a KP8. What else? You know, I I would love to get. See, I I would like to get a Demarvin Leal jersey when I figure out exactly mm. if he's going to keep that number, if he's going to stick. But I'm oh, not going to get that, that right away. Looks really nice. I think but that I, 98 looks nice on. Yeah, I have a 98 though. I have a I have a Vince Vinny Williams Vinny color rush. A Vinny Vinny Vici. Gosh, I still have a Jarvis Jones and a Richard Huntley, and I wish I was kidding. Uh, but you know what? I gotta, I gotta get a picket in there. I have, I have the Minka. I don't have a Deontay Johnson uh, with the contract talk. Don't I'm probably that. gonna stay away from it. <laughs> uh, but Sherry Richards is asking if I'm gonna get Mason Cole pants. I am actually. I was looking; they were a little too expensive, and I didn't have the money. But there were some Zach Banner pants that would have fit oh. me really well. Um, even though they would have been a little tall, but that's fine. I think uh, if they're still available next time i'm think i'm gonna grab those because they'll fit better what i did not know when zach banner did tell me that bj finney had abnormally it was abnormally thin as far as uh he wore a size 38 pants and when i bought him i had no clue they were size 38s <laughs> i haven't go. worn size 38 since i was in middle school <laughs> Yeah, I've never worn 38 in my life. So happy and also happy retirement to BJ Finney, who kind of announced yeah. his retirement, just is very silent off to the side. No one talked about it. We covered it. Dave got wrote that article for the website. Uh he was BJ Finney no longer in the NFL. A happy retirement there. Let's get to the uh the crux of the show tonight, and that is all about Mike Tomlin's coaching tree or lack thereof. Uh Brian, you want to talk about this? I'll let you introduce it so that we can get the discussion rolling. So for years, gentlemen, we've talked about various coaching trees. Of course, very famous was the Bill Walsh coaching tree. Then you had the Tony Dungy coaching tree, which Mike Tomlin is a part of. And we talk about the Bill Belichick coaching tree because his coaches have ended up everywhere. Have they been ultra successful? No, not all of them. 
but there have been a lot of them. Then you look at Mike Tomlin, and there was not a whole heck of a lot of coaches to come from that coaching tree. Now, one guy that you could say possibly comes from that tree, but I don't even consider him is Bruce Arians because B.A. was here way before. And, of course, he won a, a Super Bowl. And you could put an asterisk there and say, well, he was a assistant coach under Mike Tomlin. He comes from the tree. But we all know that's not true. So I'm looking, and a lot of guys leave the Steelers as coaches, and sometimes we don't hear from them again. Keith Butler retires. Randy Feetner is, I mean, I think I was, I had an old-fashioned milk carton the other day. I looked at it. There was Randy Land's picture on it. You know, I don't know. I thought I saw Randy him is. greeting at Walmart or something like that. Yeah, I, I have no clue where Randy is. God bless him. I hope he's doing well. But there's not a lot of people that have gone on to great success after leaving the Mike Tomlin coaching ranks. So there's a new roster of coaches. A lot of guys have come in. And the question is, is this tree about to flourish? Hmm. Do you count USFL as Mike Tomlin yeah. coaching tree? <laughs> well, isn't isn't Todd Haley a USFL? Yeah. He, he XFL? No, that, no, he's USFL. Yeah, XFL would be Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward is a player. Well, he was in. A, he was. Did he intern one year with the? He Steelers? was an intern with the Steelers. I know. Yeah. I know Woodson did too, but I think that was before. Tomlin, yeah, when he had, when he was with the Steelers, right, and who's also coaching an XFL team next year, and of course Kirby Wilson, who the Maulers absolutely stink, and I'm I'm mm -hmm. really bummed about the whole Pittsburgh Maulers thing. I I cry in my purple T-shirt all the time now, but the uh, no one has really gone anywhere, but with some of the new guys coming in, and here's the first question I want to ask you, and I'll start with you, Jeff. Will Brian Flores be a part of the Mike Tomlin coaching tree, or is he a part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree? I think it depends on how long he's in Pittsburgh. Yep. So if, if he gets a job this next coaching cycle, then I say, no, he's absolutely not Mike Tomlin's coaching tree. But if he stays in Pittsburgh for four or five years, I say, yes. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I think he'll always be part of the Bel Belichick tree. I don't know that he'll ever get away from that since that's where he started and then went to be a head coach the first time. So, but the longer he stays in Pittsburgh, the more you could be thinking of him in that manner. But you also have to remember, a lot of people might not realize this. They're like, oh, well, if he gets a head coaching job next year, the Steelers are going to get draft picks. No, they're not. He's got to he's got to be with the organization for two years oh. before that kicks in. So That's I didn't know that until I did some research on it, uh, just so I would know. Um, so we don't want Brian Flores to go anywhere anytime soon. But uh, that that guy's too good to to just to not be at least a defensive coordinator, if not a head coach, um, eventually. But you never know with everything going on with the lawsuit how other teams will feel about it. So, Brian, who else do you have on the list of potential names outside of Flores that could that could be considered a hot commodity? Well, we are about to find out what's going to happen with Matt Canada. You know, he was actually considered for other offensive coordinator positions. If the Steelers come out and look pretty solid with this new offense, with Mitch Trubisky being maybe the right guy to run it this year, and if they start putting up a lot of points, 
he will be become a hot commodity. I would be shocked if he doesn't, if this works and they turn into a team like the Buffalo Bills with a quarterback that all of a sudden is putting up a lot of points. So I would think Canada would be the guy. Dave, what are your thoughts on Matt Canada in the future? Do you think he's head coach potential? We don't have enough data to draw it, to give a good conclusion there yet. Based on the data we've had so far, I'm saying no. But 2022 could change that immensely. So I'm hopeful that one day he will be. But as of right now, based on his resume, I would say I would be very surprised. I think right now it's a resounding no. I mean, what has he done to be considered a head coach? He had a floundering offense in 2021. So like you said, he's going to have to put up some great numbers this year. And even then, I think he would have to do it for more than just one year. What do you think, Brian? Gentlemen's bet, fellas. I'm going to say that Matt Canada is a coach in this league in three years. A head coach? Head coach in this league. In I think three he's... years. Counting this one or after this one? After this season. Well, counting the season. So... Mm-hmm. 25. 22, 23, 24. Yeah, by 25, he'll be a head coach in this league because I think this this offense is going to come together. I think it's going to click, and I think it's going to be a flavor of the month. Am I saying that he is going to be one of the greatest coaches of all time? No. But look at how Todd Haley just took a couple, a couple years with Kurt Warner to become a head coach, and that's what happened before – he flamed out in Kansas city and came to Pittsburgh, but he was a hot flavor of the month with a high powered offense. And it was basically because look at the guys that he had there. He had Larry Fitzgerald, he had Anquan Bolden, and he had the guy throwing the ball, Kurt Warner, a hall of famer. So all three of those could very well be hall of famers. So if you get, if you get this guy to be hot, and this offense to be hot in Matt Canada, yeah, I I would not be shocked if he's a head coach in this league. Yeah, that that day that's a bold prediction. You no, that's that, the reason I think that's a bold prediction is because that means the Steelers' offense is going to be something this year, and because the next, it would in the following years too. Yeah. yeah. So I trust me, I'm not calling that. But if that's the byproduct of things, I will take it. If it if there's anything that would hold true about that, if that's the, the timeline here, is that it would hold true to the fact that Matt Canada never stays in one place very long. Yeah. Ever. Go back and look at his coaching career. Go all the way back to college at NC State. Wasn't there long. LSU. It was a it was a dumpster fire. He was gone. Maryland. He was the one that took over after that player died due to, I think it was heat exhaustion. Yes. He had a really good season and they actually were a winning program. A lot of fans and we live in Maryland. So we hear all this stuff. They wanted him to remain the head coach. Nope. Wasn't there. He gets it. Someone else gets hired. He's, he's gone again. So that would be, that would hold true with Matt Canada for sure. I think I know where you're going to go next. Where I'm going to go next with the next coach with the next coach. Of course. And the next coach is Frisman Jackson. Who That's the has... next coach. <laughs> that was not my guess. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I thought you were going to go TA, Terrell Austin. Well, I was I was going to do okay. offense okay. first. Oh, but... okay. Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's stick with offense. But I'm I'm not I'm not going with every single coach. Thankfully. Here. But I, I really think that Frisman Jackson 
is uh, this ties into what Canada could do. But a lot of people are excited with him coming in and what he has done with uh, other receiving cores. And really, I think Frisman Jackson is a guy that is being looked at right now as an offensive coordinator. There's a lot of people that that are looking at him. I I think they're considering him if this offense plays well again, just like Canada. I would think Frisman could be a guy on a short list. That's interesting. I never thought Frisman Jackson was anything more than position coach, or not, or at least I'm sure he's capable of, but never thought that that would be the case with him. Dave, what do you think? Well, also remember that. Last offseason, Steelers wide receiver coach Ike Hilliard had an interview for an offensive coordinator position. At the end of the season, no one even realized that the Steelers didn't bring him back. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're hiring a wide receivers coach, and, and, and we're like, the Steelers needed a wide receivers coach? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you – you never really know how it could play out from, you know, from what at one time you're, you're one thing. And then next thing you know, you're back coaching in college. There are windfalls from good seasons. And if this mm-hmm. offense becomes a 27 point per game team and into the thirties, then a lot of guys are going to benefit from it. I'm not saying that Mike Sullivan, I think he is, he is a career quarterbacks coach maybe a possible maybe possibly an offensive coordinator but i kind of think at the state of his career he's probably going to stay put you know i don't know much about pat meyer as far as as a future for him i can't even speculate i just know or speculate or recollate but i could look at guys like that and think that you know they might be able to move up but if this offense does well it could be i mean you could be reigning head coaching jobs. You're right. It, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of moving pieces to that, to that puzzle with the yeah. 27 points per game. That's, Ooh. that's, that's lofty. That yeah. is, I would love that. Trust me. I would love that. You'd have to go back to the killer bees since the Steelers came close to that average. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. Dave, anything to add? Yeah. See the, <sighs> we don't see much of a Mike Tomlin coaching tree. And I think I have a reason why I think he really looks for specialists, specific specialists. Like, like think about coach Faulkner with the running backs. They talk about the weird drills that he does and things of that nature. And I think he almost goes so much specialist to, for each individual position that sometimes when you are such a specialist, they don't look at you as being more of a coordinator because you've re- you're really honed into w- on one position. And I think that might be some of the things that happens with the Steelers. But I also think that's because Coach Tomlin's not trying to groom the people to be, you know, coordinators and head coaches because he's ultimately wanting them to be the best at their position group, at their job, at what they do that season right then. That's his concern. So it's not really a focus um, because of that. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's part of the reason. That's good. What else you got, Brian? Who's your next name? Well, I think we are going to jump over to the defensive side of the ball right now. And it is Terrell Austin. And T.A., I mean, he has been a defensive coordinator in this league before. 
he actually had some uh, very good players at one point in Cincinnati, and then things kind of fell apart there when things went off the rails, when Vontez Burfecht went nuts, Pac-Man Jones went away. Um, you know, so I don't really know exactly everything that went on there, but he was a very good coordinator. Then all of a sudden he was next, thing you know, he's somewhere else. So, but TA has a lot of, uh, a lot of good ideas here. And I also almost feel like he's being overshadowed by a guy like Brian Flores coming in. But the news that came out this week was the fact that we might possibly be seeing Terrell Austin calling the defensive plays hundred percent and Mike Tomlin taking a step back. So it could be very interesting on the defensive side of the ball, Jeff. Yeah, this is going to be a unique thing. And I want to say that Terrell Austin has been on head coaching interviews before. I want to say that his name was included, not as a part of the case against the NFL from Brian Flores's lawsuit, but that his situation that he felt that his was a, a sham interview just to check a box. I can't remember the team. Dave, do you, are you recalling this at all? And I just trying to think the team that interviewed him and they, he said it was a joke. It was a complete joke. I'm recalling it about the same way you are. Okay. He did say it. It's out there. Like this yeah. is not, I'm not making it up. So he has at least been in contention for, if you call that contention, a head coaching job. He, his name has been brought up. We'll put it that way. So I think that's something important to mention when you're bringing up this topic, but in terms of Terrell Austin, I think that he's a, he's kind of bounced around a little bit. Some, some people are just good coordinators and look at Dick LeBeau. He's yeah. some just great coordinators, but you know, Terrell Austin, if he turns it, keeps the defense going, if he brings some new wrinkles into uh, the Steelers defense. But again, like you said, Brian, there's always going to be that caveat of Brian Flores and who's, the one that's really putting these wrinkles in is it Austin or is it Flores? I don't know. Dave, what do you think? Well, I mean, everyone's made such a big deal that coach Tomlin was calling plays. Didn't we talk about him and the whole idea of holding the sheet and the only, only time. Once. Yeah. And that was when, when was, Butler was out with, he was on with protocol. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's the head coach chimes in to say what's going on. I mean, when I was a head you know, freshman coach, even though someone else was the defensive coordinator, I was the offensive coordinator at the time. If I wanted them to do something different with the defense, I say, Hey, do this. And it would happen. Is that me calling the plays or is that me as a head coach interjecting and saying, Hey, let's, let's see if we can do this in this situation. Cause it's a great chance to do something. So I don't know that. It, I mean, coach Tomlin is going to have his say and everything. He's the head coach. It's how it works. Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Brian? If you listen to Vince Williams with Arthur Motes this week, <laughs> talking about the glory of Mike Tomlin and how he says, hey, we don't need to adjust. Carson Palmer is going to blow this up on his own. Um, you, We don't have to worry about this. He, he will interject all the time, and they do follow him because they do believe exactly what he's going to say. And it was really interesting. He says something we listen because he has saved us more often than not you know as players we have the pride that we're good players but no there's so many and we're not going to come out and tell you how many times he saved us but he has saved us and won games for us just by things that he's done 
So that might be, a th- I mean, he is definitely the guy in charge there. And going back to Dave's point about the Steeler tree, maybe it's the fact that he has all of, he's the general, but he has all these uh, lieutenants underneath him. That's a good point. Brian, did you have any other coaches or was that it? I have an interesting one here, and it's Carl Dunbar on the defensive line. This guy was a second-round pick of the Steelers way back in 1990. He's uh, come full circle being back with the team. When Tyson, I always mess up the last name. I'm going to say a Lualu, and Dave's going to tell me if I'm wrong. Did I get it right this time, Dave? I'm pretty sure it's Alu Alu. Alu Alu. See, I, I do that every time, and I always try to listen. To I always think of the Palamalu. It's Palamalu song, and it's well, it's 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 um, it's yeah. Alu Alu. <laughs> when Alu Alu was going to leave for Jacksonville, who called him up? It was Carl Dunbar. That has been a very good defensive line for a long time. Of course, you've had 28 years of John Mitchell there, who is not going to be going anywhere else. He is the assistant head coach, but. You know, he chimes in, but Carl Dunbar seems like that guy that could possibly get consideration for a defensive coordinator position. Now, I, I, I made I made a comment that there could be, be a lot of head coaching jobs earlier, and I saw Dave's face kind of drop when I said that. No, there could be all kinds of promotions available. Yeah. There, there could be coordinator positions or chances to go higher with another team. But I really like Carl Dunbar, and I really like the identity of that defensive line and how he coached up a guy like Laddermilk, who Kevin Smith, who we li- when Kevin Smith talks, we listen to him. And when Kevin Smith said, I don't know about this guy, when Jeffrey Benedict's saying, Carlos Davis is not good at football, when he's saying that, and you have a guy like Carl Dunbar coaching them up and turning them them into a little bit better right away and a chance to go so much higher, then you've got to think that this guy has a magic touch. Yeah, I would never have guessed Dunbar. I never would have. Uh, Not that he doesn't deserve it. It's just one of those names that doesn't come to mind. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, see, the problem, I think, with Carl Dunbar, which I think he would make – an interesting choice as defensive coordinator. But once again, he's one of those guys that's really specialized, really specialized. I don't know how much he branches beyond that because I don't know. All I know is what he does, he does really well. But it's kind of goes with the whole adage of beware of the offensive coordinator under an offensive head coach when it comes time to hiring hiring a head coach. Eric beware. Bien. Yeah, beware of, you know, Eric Bien, even – Byron Leftwich, you know, beware of when it's an offensive minded coach and then they have an offensive coordinator, beware of promoting him with Carl Dunbar. You have to ask yourself, how much is coach Mitchell Mitchell still in the defensive line room? I don't know, but that's also something that other teams might not know and might be asking that question. If it comes to throwing his name around, that's, that's the only downside I could see, but uh, I, I think he's a, a great coach for everything I've seen so far. Brian, final thoughts on that. I, I thank you for backing me up on that. I, I really like Carl Dunbar and I, I don't think he gets the acclaim that he deserves. One last guy to talk about, and this is the big one. I've been saving this for last. Danny Smith Jr., boys. <laughs> He's a lifer, man. Yeah. 
I didn't see the video that uh, the what Ian's talking about guys talked about where during OTAs he was in there curling with the guys shirtless and they were just going <laughs> nuts. I guess someone had it on their Instagram stories or something. I haven't seen the video, but Danny Smith is like a lifer. I don't think that guy, you're going to have to tell Danny Smith to leave. He's not leaving <laughs> on his own accord. Like, I don't think retirement's in his repertoire or his vocabulary. Dave, what do you think? Yeah, he's, he's got, was that, well, I know on Seinfeld with Costanza, it was where he was trying, you know, hauling around the trophy and everything. Trying to get fired, but, yeah. but did I'm trying to remember if it was there or if it was another show that I'm trying to think of where somebody actually did get fired, but they just kept showing up to work. <laughs> that that they're like, okay, well, just you know, you're not going to. Oh, we're we're, we're going to have to that let you go. And they kept too, wasn't it? I was Brian? trying to think it, that it, it was. could be, it could be Kramer who I don't even work here. Yeah, yeah he just showed up one day and just got done. <laughs> That's why up. this is so yeah. tough. <laughs> Yeah, that it was you have to say, all right, it's time for us to move on. And he's still going to be showing up in the weight room, working out, and coming gum. out on the field with his bubble gum. Yeah, there you go. That's good. So that's that's all we have tonight as far as that. So, gentlemen, do we have any trivia? Well, no, well, I have I have one question here before. for Jeff. No, he, hey, that's fine. I can take it. I always so wanted to do that. Yeah. Sorry. How hireable, and this is going to go all the way back to the beginning of this discussion. How hireable, in your opinion, is Brian Flores right now, even after this season? Like, that's a to me, that's a question. Now, Dave talks about comp picks and has to be there for two years. And really, I'm just talking about, in your yeah. own opinion, how hireable is someone like Brian Flores when he has the litigation going against the NFL? And even after, even if that gets settled or whatever, Brian, what do you think? <sighs> Wow, that is such a great question. If this is a top 10 defense, and if this is a top five defense, he's going to catapult to some lists because you do have some owners that say, I do not care what the fuss is about. Um, you know, Al Davis may rest in peace. I, I don't think anywhere Al Davis is, is going to be peaceful, but. <laughs> Al Davis would have hired him out of spite. You know, I mean, that would be just one of those things that that he would have done just to be that renegade. But I really think that being with Mike Tomlin, being in this organization, and if that defense goes higher and balls out, then there's going to be some eyes on him. So I really expect, I don't expect him to be here in two years. He might need one more year, but time heals. Well, let, and, me, let me follow this up with a question. I mean, your answer, I want to ask you as follow-up. If Mike Tomlin didn't extend this opportunity to Brian Flores, would he be employed in the National Football League right now? In your opinion, obviously. Yes. So you think a team you you think a team would have called him and said, Hey, let's you want to coach? Come on in. I think it would have had to have been. A it wouldn't, like have been, it wouldn't have been New England because he threw Bill under the bus. He shared the text messages. Belichick's he, like, what? <laughs> There's no way. I don't. I, I knew where you were going. That's why I said that. It would have to be a guy that knows him. It, it's got to be a, uh, hey, I'm going to help you out because because uh, we've been through the the bushes together. It's uh, we've we've gone through the uh, just like Feetner and Butler always being around Mike Tomlin, just like Blaine Stewart um, 
who was the son of uh, Bill Stewart, head coach of West Virginia, Virginia who Bill, yeah. Bill was with him. Excuse me, uh, Bill Stewart and Mike Tomlin were together at Virginia Tech. So, you know, I, I really think that, you know, talent trumps all. I'm glad the Steelers made the move. Um, but Mike was being a big brother here. I think there's a couple other guys in this league that I can see as, as uh, pulling a guy in and said, hey, you know, screw the league. I'm come, come in. You deserve an opportunity. You're a good coach. Good insight. Dave, what do you think about this? Let's first go back to the initial question, which was how hireable is Brian Flores? I would not have been surprised if he ended up not coaching in the NFL this season. If it wasn't for the Steelers, of just everyone just saying, you know, let's let's wait and see how this plays out first. So I I don't know. I'm glad the Steelers grabbed him up. So I'll say that. Now you're talking about in the future. That was the second question, right? The second question was if the Steelers wouldn't have. You basically flipped the questions. You answered the second question. Okay, first. all right, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that's when you asked about what would have happened this year. Um, so then for the future of how hireable is he, it's really got to be the right situation. Like, I don't know if any of the open head coaching jobs this past year, I thought he would have got one right away, but I after, thought Houston, I thought Houston, yeah, was Houston was the one that I thought maybe, but after the lawsuit, I think his pool of teams real that would that would still do it really shrunk and then they actually have to have an opening as head coach. So that's to me it's not like it's out of the question. It would have to be the right team looking for a head coach. And the problem is those right teams generally have really good head coaches and don't right. look for them very often. That's a good point. Good point. Okay, we have a $5 tip from George uh, Teston who mm -hmm. gave us a trivia question. And so we'll we'll get this show started like that. And George says, my trivia question, since the merger, who's the only player to have an interception and to throw an interception in one game? It's a good question. Does anyone I, know? I, I know it, so I'm going to let you guys know. Oh, Dave knows it. Yeah. Since the merger. You since have to say that because back yeah. in the day, it happened a lot because guys were playing both ways. I'm actually going to say Tony Dungy, and that's Brian a guess. would be correct. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So he threw an interception. Yep. As what was how is he a quarter? He, uh, he was a I'm trying he to remember because someone had asked so, that before. He was a quarterback at the University of Minnesota, and the Steelers used him once as an emergency quarterback, and he okay. had to come in. I was trying to think. Yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm looking up the. When was that? He played. Okay, Dungy. This he played in the. Thank late you, 70s. George. By the way, as he looks at yeah, that was awesome. a great question. So it was in the '77 season when he had an interception. Let me find it. Okay, it was against the Oilers. Hold on, I'm going to look. I'm going to look at this game. Um, in that game, Tony Dungy. There was three different different players that, that threw passes he threw eight passes hmm. had oh, yeah. three completions to Steelers and two completions to Oilers <laughs> George says I think he threw two interceptions right? yeah he did um so yeah I'm, I knew it was Tony Dungy because I'd heard that one before but I, I didn't know the details of it but yeah but he also had an interception that game as did Mel Blunt because you know it was Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt um so I but it was yeah 
the Steelers sorry, lost yeah. that game 27 to 10, just so you know. I read his autobiography mm-hmm. and I remember him talking about that extensively, but this was about 10 years ago, 10 years mm-hmm. since I've read the book. Uh, but he did talk about that. And a lot of people don't realize he was not with the Steelers long. I hey, think Dungy? only two only no. two years yeah. with the Steelers. And then he got then he but he got cut and then they brought him in as a defensive assistant. Yeah, he was very young defensive assistant. Okay. That's good to know. Good, good trivia. I actually have a trivia question for tonight. Okay. Now, if you listen to Let's Ride, you might know the answer. In which case, if you both did, I, I wouldn't even say it. It has to do from the 2002 AFC wildcard game. Uh, I, Brian just left. Um, the AFC wildcard game against Cleveland. Dave, were you listening? Do you know what I'm going to say? Um, the 2002. What Was it from... It was um, on. Let's ride. Yeah, yes, I, I heard. I'm like Jeff. You can't. Ah, you like, well, Rider die crew members <laughs> as co-hosts. You can't do that. I yeah. Right, did I, you listen to my show this week? Did you hear what I was? It was about? Wednesday wild, show. Wednesday show. The wild card. Game you gotta ask him. I have not listened to Wednesday Ooh, yet. Yeah. Uh, ask the question, Jeff. Okay, Dave knows the answer. So I'm gonna say. Okay, so we all know that game. Kelly Holcomb, Dennis Northcutt. Tommy Maddox, the play that gives him the go-ahead score is what? This is not the trivia question, but this it gives him the go-ahead score in the snow at Heinz Field. Foo. Yes, it was a draw to Chris Fumatu Mafala. What ensued after that? It gave him a one-point lead. I, You know what? I don't remember. They went for two, and it was successful. Do you know what the play was? Was it Foo again? No. An uh, Antoine Randall L reverse pass. Yes. Completed to Dave. Go ahead and finish it. Jeremy Tooman. <laughs> Jeremy Tooman for the two point conversion <laughs> extends the lead to three, and the place just went berserk. That's what that was the play. That was my trivia. It was the, the two point conversion play. A lot of people forget that. That, that was what followed the Fu Matu Mafala um draw play up the middle which was still one of the most exciting games i've ever seen in my life. i i was just gonna ask you is that one of your favorite games i would say that's a top five favorite game it wasn't it wasn't i couldn't believe they were letting kelly holcomb do what he did to them he threw for like 400 yards well the, and if dennis would... northcutt doesn't drop that pass in the in the late in the fourth quarter there's no way the steelers come back and win and he just, hit him right right in the hands he drops it i just watched it not too long ago for a retro show and it was one of the very first retro shows we ever did. Who was the defensive back that just got beat like crazy? Was it Hank Poteet? It was, it was either Poteet or Washington, Dwayne Washington. But I, I can't remember which. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Scott, was it? No, I. It I think it was. I think it was a guy like Poteet, but it might be even somebody else, but not a not a big name. And they just got beat over and over and over again. Oh yeah. But all right, that's my trivia. There you go. Um, Brian, do you have trivia tonight? Yeah, this is kind of a wonky one, so kind of bear with me. When I disappeared, I was actually (sighs) looking for better information, and then I just disappeared because I hit the wrong button. So in the 1960s, the Pittsburgh Steelers had hired four head coaches. This was two less than something else that they had in the 1960s that would surprise you. Only two less. Something they should have had more of. I'm going to say starting quarterbacks. 
Okay. They started, um, oh my goodness, didn't they start like five like quarterbacks that were considered starters for the season? They that, had like four or five of them. That probably could be, but that's not what I'm looking okay. for. Shiesty Jeff? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so let me give you a little bit of a hint. When the Steelers traded Minka Fitzpatrick. No, it was, yeah, the, the n- number of drafts without first-round draft picks. They, they had, didn't have, like, any of them in the 60s. They, they, had, they traded him away. They only had six first-round draft picks in the 1960s. Wow. And one year, I believe it was 1963, their first-round pick was in round I mean, their first eight. pick? Their first pick was in round eight. Yeah, there was one of those that they didn't draft until round eight. I know oh that because I remember looking at the back of that. So they it was... also, Jeff, you're going to love this. They also, I can't remember what year it was, but they traded the number three overall pick away for somebody that didn't really pan out to Big the China. Chicago Bears for another dick. Dave, you know Hoke. this? Dick Hoke. Dick Butkus. Dick, Dick Butkus. Mm. They traded yeah. basically the spot where Dick Butkus went for yeah. a player. And Brian, you're right. That was 63 where they didn't draft until the eighth round. But the eighth round back then, because it was pre-merger, was pick 108, you know, which now would be around a third round comp pick or the beginning of the fourth round. <laughs> That's really it. interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. The 1960s. Oh, yeah. until until Dan basically took over, they just they they gave away draft picks like they were candy at a parade. You know, that's just what they did. So, but then 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 Dan took over and said, "This is how we're going to build it," and that's what they did. There you go. Good stuff, Dave. You have yes. To okay. Well, first of all, I had to do this because I was curious. That was a great question by George. Mm-hmm. About about that with with Tony Dungy, I knew there was players before that had thrown an interception and had an interception in games before the merger because the players gone both ways. I want to know if anyone had ever done it more than once. There's someone who's done it in five different games, five different games. This merger, no pre merger. This is pre merger. Okay. So I'm not doing it as a trivia. This is just kind of a fun fact. Um, and and the name is. Uh, first former first round draft pick, former two time Pro Bowl, for one one time All Pro, Johnny Lujak of the Chicago Bears. Only played four seasons from 1948 to 1951. He had he had uh, what is it? 41 career led 41 career touchdowns. Led the NFL in t- touchdown passes in 1949 with 23. But then he also had 12 career interceptions in five different games. He had. He had one of each. So, but that's what happened pre-merger when players were playing both ways. So I, I got a question. This is a good one for Jeff. Oh, geez. Because it's because it's recent. Okay. <laughs> if it um, happened three days ago, it's a trivia question for Jeff. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> had to is. filter this out based on players playing at least starting at least four games, you know, because I wanted to look at more starting quarterbacks. Um, and I was filtering that out for something else that I'm doing for Stat Geek next week. Who had the most? Who threw the most pick sixes in the NFL last year? The most pick sixes. The most pick sixes. Who is Johnny Lujak? Twenty twenty one. What quarterback threw the most pick sixes? I'll go with Faker. 
But I, I, I don't know if that's you right. know what's crazy? Last year he didn't have any. Really? Lots of interceptions. Years ago, it was two years ago that Minka got him. Yeah, plenty of interceptions. Just none. He had thirteen interceptions. Just no. Just no pick sixes. Do you know Brian? I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Where is he on the list? Let's see if I can find Mr. Josh Allen. Um, I'm. Where is he? You know what? If I if I search by player name, I'll find him real quick. He had none as well. Okay, so what about uh, Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, this past year, he did. He he had one. Mm-hmm. He had one. Getting closer. Okay. I see your Carson Wentz, and I give you Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, he was tied for fourth with two. Your Joe Burrow. Well, then, like I said, this is all from players that they had to start at least four games. It, what about what was it? Now. Tyler Heineke, or is that how you say Heineke. his name from the Tyler Heineke? Only, only he only had one. Oh, Heineke. Fifteen interceptions, one pick six. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is. I don't think he's on my list. If he, if he had any, he had one. He only had a couple interceptions all season, didn't he? Like he didn't. It was low for a while. Yeah, it it was it was low. Let me see if I can find Rogers. Yeah, he only had four interceptions on the season. So that's, and that's how many the person who led the league had in pick sixes. So he had as many interceptions in 2021 as this player had pick sixes. Yeah, I, I was going for a shocker name there. That uh, yeah, out of left field. Gosh, who is Kirk Cousins? Who is Super Bowl champion? Matthew Stafford. Stafford threw the most four and second tied for second was two players with three. That would be one Justin Herbert and return of the Mac, Mac Jones, (laughs) Herbert. So now I can get to the Steelers specific question. Okay. What player in Steelers history um, this goes back to 1966. They don't have the stats before that. What player in Steelers history th- has thrown through the most pick sixes in a season? I'm going to go with Bradshaw. I, I'm going to go with BTR, Benjamin Todd. Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger has the most career by 10. He has 18 of them to Terry okay. Bradshaw's eight. But um, Ben Roethlisberger never threw more than two in a season. So is it? Is, oh, wait, is wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop. No, I missed one. He did throw three in 2006. Okay. That's what I was thinking. And so, but did you, did you say no to Bradshaw? Bradshaw's not it. Bradshaw, the most he ever threw was two. So I'm going to go with Tommy Gunn. Tommy Maddox also threw three in 2003, which is not the most. Uh, see, that was the year I was thinking of because he really just stunk it up that year. Uh, Let's go, I, Mark Malone. Mark Malone, believe it or not. Um, no, uh, no, like Roethlisberger's on here like six times before I get to Mark Malone. O'Donnell? I don't Mark Malone. Um, it's not O'Donnell. So you're not counting. Well, okay. Season. If you want to know who number <laughs> who number two is, I thought that's who Jeff might guess if he had no idea. Dick Shiner. Dick Shiner's number two. <laughs> In 1968, he threw four. Now my hint oh, Dick. is the is the player with the most did it in a season where he wasn't even considered the starting quarterback for the entire season. Cordell. Someone else did more. 
It is, and it is not Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart didn't, never had more than two. He had two in 98 and 99 pick sixes. Well, we haven't said Bubby yet. <laughs> no, nope. I'm Bubby. Kent Graham, Mike Tomzak. I'm just Charlie Bad, Byron Leftwich. <laughs> Kent Graham. Nope. Nope. I thought Brian might know this one. Terry Hanratty. Good guess, but no. Joe Gillum. <laughs> Nope. Ah. You're Andrew, getting you're getting to be closer to the right. Well, no, Andrew Jones. You're, you're not, you're not quite the right decade. Brian St. Pierre, Dennis Dixon. Uh, nope. Now I'll give Kent, you another hint. Kent Nix. It was not Kent Nix. It was in the Mike 80s. Mike Tomzak. Mike Tomzak. It was in the 80s. No, Mike Tomzak played in the 80s, didn't he? Someone threw five pick sixes David in the season. It would be David Woodley in 1985. How is that a Jeff question? Jeff, the Jeff question was the was the pick sixes of Matt Stafford. Oh, okay. Well, I need to get <laughs> that the Jeff right. question because it was 2022. <laughs> I got to ask you questions that can't go back more than a calendar year. The other, the next one was, and then the only other part was because I thought you might just throw out Dick Shiner, which was number two on the list. So I thought you might. I have got chance. that. I got that. <laughs> Jeff, what number was David Woodley? Sixty-nine. <laughs> Close. Nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's off the rails. Sixty-nine. They had jersey rules back then. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but you you, you kind of gotta gotta give it to a player who only completed ninety-four passes in a season, only had six touchdowns to fourteen interceptions, but had five pick sixes. Almost won yeah. a Super Bowl too. Yeah crazy it's no bueno all right good stuff uh let's do some final thoughts here brian go ahead my final thoughts tonight are fourth of july is coming up Mm -hmm. and i hope everybody is uh having a good time with their friends and family i hope everybody has good weather where they're at and i hope everybody remembers what that day was about in 1776 so uh, with that being said, happy 4th of July, and God bless the USA. Dave, final thoughts? Yeah, you might have heard this on the Scobro show, but uh, I will not be here next week. I will be vacationing. I will Drink. be in the Outer Banks. Right. Okay, because how many times I said I was going to. Dave always... says he's on vacation. You got to drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but um, if if I move my microphone a little bit, you can see my nice SB Nation behind the steel curtain flag. It's the on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can see that I have the the black flag up. On the other side, it is gold uh, with the logo. Uh, we'll be flying that down there. So if if you happen to be in the Outer Banks, look for behind the steel curtain logo and uh, say hello. There it's a go. popular place to be during the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July to everyone out there. Don't pull a JPP. Don't play your hand off. Be smarter <laughs> than that. Um, otherwise, stay safe out there. Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. All right. We'll see you next week for another Steelers preview. Take it easy.